Welcome to today's podcast. Today's podcast, it's going to be myself and a good friend of mine that is a multi-military war vet, and he's going to uh, share some things with you. We're just going to basically have a little discussion. So his name's Ken, and I'm going to let him just introduce himself, and then we'll go from there. Well, Chief, thanks for having me on today. Um, You know, I think this is a really great thing that you have going on for your listeners, and I'm glad for the opportunity to share uh, with them a little bit about me. Um, well, I had met uh, I'd met you back in 1997. You were yeah, yeah. yeah you were fresh out of the you know active duty SEAL community and uh, recruiting. Um, so we met back then, and you know if you recall um, that summer, you worked with me every single day after school um, out at the lake that was by your house, teaching me how to swim, um, doing all that PT and stuff. Um, but uh, you know you got me prepared, and um, you know uh, 15, 16 years would go by to have a full military career before we'd link back up and. Uh, you know, I called you out of the blue uh, to kind of let you know, like, hey, you know, all that stuff that you had told me back in the day, um, it stuck with me for all the years of my life, you know, and, and then come to find out you're still doing what you were doing all the way, you know, back in 1997, you're still working with the, these these uh, young young minds and stuff to get them ready for the forces. Um, you know, I think about uh, just a lot of great things that you're doing, and I hope that the listeners um, that hear this podcast today um, can hear from me. Um, and, and know that the things that they hear you say, maybe day in and day out, if not ten times a day, um, are the, the things that make all the difference. Did they click? Did they click in your head? You know, when you first learned the stuff that we were talking about back in the beginning and stuff, did it all stick right away, or was it just like there and you pulled it out and used it as you know needed? Absolutely. You know, at the time, I, I don't think any of well, none of it meant anything at the time. Uh, you know, um, I was more wrapped around the technical stuff, like the, you know, but how to execute the stroke, hold your breath, you know, running, all that stuff. But it was the other things that you, you had impressed upon me, you know, such as visualization, you know, being able to imagine or visualize, you know, what's at, them, at hand. Um, how you used to always tell me, you know, just take things one evolution at a time, you know, about not quitting, um, how to, you know, deal with the pain, the emotion. But to answer your question, no, is it, it didn't, it did, at the time it didn't have the impact until, you know, later on at the moment when I was thinking about quitting. And then when I'm in the moment, I'm like, man, this really sucks. I just want to quit. Um, your voice would come through, you know, and be like, hey, you know, if you're going to quit, quit at the end of the day. Well, by the end of the day, after I made it through the day, I didn't want to quit anymore. <laughs> so... So then emotion plays a huge part in combat in that too, doesn't it? I mean, as far as, or in training too for these guys, you know, combat's the ultimate goal. It's kind of like the Super Bowl for, you know, special ops, special forces guys and stuff. You train your whole life and, you know, if the opportunity arises and you go, that's what you train for. It's like the NFL. It's like, you know, they start peewee football as a little kid, go to high school football, collegiate football, and hopefully you get on the NFL and then hopefully from there, maybe someday you'll get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know, um, we always, you know, in the Marine Corps, um, you know, we would, it was everyone's dream um, to be combat tested. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you're, like, you're absolutely right. It is the ultimate test of everything you've been training for. You know, granted, um, you'll never really fully appreciate those circumstances until you get there. You know, but I think that's the same with everything, you know. Um, but it doesn't change from those all the advice that you lay out, and I know you're still sticking to the things that work. Um, and as far as 
being able to establish your whys for the things you're doing, um, you know, talking about just self-discipline, being able to regulate your emotions, um, you know, breathing, all those things. It doesn't matter if you're using that to try to get through BUDS, or for me it was through, you know, basic reconnaissance course, BRC, um, and then all the way through combat, you know. Those little pieces of advice do not change, and they had gotten me through some of the, uh, the worst situations where, I mean, there have been plenty of times where, you kind of don't want to realize it, but you're like, shit, you know, like this may be like, this may be it. You're not giving up, but it's like when reality sets in, you're like, ah, <laughs> things aren't looking too good for the home team, you know? Yeah. But you get that little voice that kind of just, it steps in right at the, the, just at the right time, you know? And it's just like, you know, Hey, dig in, you know, go a little deeper, uh, you know, it, and it, it carries you through. It has to, yeah. you know, I mean, no one else is going to do it for you. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's a team effort when you go into training or combat like that. But then there's always that feeling of being the only person there. Although you're not, that's like one of the podcasts I talk about, look left, look right. And remember, and that's all about look at a guy next to you. He's still there. You need to still be there. Why should you have the opportunity to quit or why would you quit while your other teammates are still there? Are they better than you? Are they better you know, operator or soldier or sailor than you, you know, yeah. and you're going to quit. You're going to quit on yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times is that people forget that if you do quit, for instance, you know, whether, whether you quit on your own or whether you get physically incapacitated, the rest of your team has to pick up your, your workload. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that means that whether you're talking about like zones of fire, you know, areas for them that they got to hold down and fight off the enemy or whatever the task at hand is, when you quit, you give up. Or if you buckle under pressure, when you yeah. stop performing at the level you need to, your teammates have to pick up that slack. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's that, certainly in combat, it's not a place that, uh, I mean, you'll do whatever you have to do for your teammates, but it, it's not a place for you to decide that you don't want to be there anymore. No, absolutely. They need to decide that now before they even go to boot camp. And I said, agree. Yeah, and you know what? Did I ever tell you the hardest part of dive school and EOD, EOD school and dive school, you know what the hardest part of that is? Mm -hmm. The first week of SEAL training where 80% of them quit and then they want to, oh, man, well, you know, SEAL's not for me. Oh, right, okay. Because, no, SEAL, SEAL wouldn't be for you. No, of course. So quit. You know, I mean, why would you want to? work out every day, get a paycheck to work out, you know, and then learn how to skydive and get paid and skydive all the time and go around the world and stuff, never go on a ship, just fly everywhere, get about an extra $1,100 a month in special pays. Not, yeah, that's not for you, you know, for guys like that. But, you know, it's, they, there's so much we can cover here and stuff, you know, you, we just go on and on for hours really and stuff, you know, but these guys, uh, they're short-term thinkers where they're thinking about passing a PST. Mm -hmm. a PST is the easiest thing they're going to do. Yeah. But all these guys are going with, you know, like the tip of the spear. Oh, well, you know, why do you want to be a seal? I want to be the tip of the spear. No, you don't. Tip of the spear. I said, you take the tip of the spear and I'll take the shaft and we'll stand at 10 yards. You can throw this tip of the spear at me and I'm going to throw the shaft at you and see which one's going to do more damage. Absolutely. You know, it's the original tip of the spear. You know, it's not that. It's like we're masters of, you know, jack of all trades, masters of none. Uh, we're good at what we do, but everybody else is good at what they do too. Look at look at uh, um, like uh, in Panama, the op did in Panama taking down taking down the uh, airport. We should not have been there as a seal a seal teams. We shouldn't have been there. We're too small of a unit, mm -hmm. you know. Although we can go in and create more havoc than 
most and stuff like that. And we can make it sound like we're a complete battalion coming through. That's really not our role to go take down, you know, an airport like that. The Rangers should have done it. Absolutely. And, and I think that's an incredible point. You know, like um, just, you know, the Navy SEAL community is an elite group, you know. Um, but when you start using the instrument or the tool outside its intended scope, you know, problems right. arise. And that, yeah. it reminds me of when we were in Fallujah, um, you know. Pre, it, it, at the time, it was called uh, Red Dawn, you know, Phantom Fury. You kind of hear them overlapping, but the Second Battle of Fallujah after yeah. those SEAL contractors were killed. Yeah. So it was, it was April 24, 2004. Um, now, at the time, I'm in, it was the um, uh, it was, we were the 5th Deep uh, Forest Reconnaissance. We were a company, so we were with the 3rd Recon Battalion out of Okinawa, but we were at the time, it was company level. It's all been restructured um, since then. But you, we were there for reconnaissance, you know, surveillance. Yeah. We were there to scout things out, see what's going on. It didn't mean that we weren't a bunch of hard chargers that were ready to, you know, do what we had to do. But then, you know, the, the big Marine Corps, they tasked us out to, you know, doing, uh, you know, room clearing and stuff like that. Um, and we're a smaller element. And, you know, we went where we were supposed to. But, you know, at the time, it wasn't the right use of us being a smaller element. That right. was supposed to be out of sight, out of mind. And they put yeah. us at the... You know, we'll use the term tip of the spear. If you will. <laughs> That's right. You know, There's no, a tip of the spear. You're and, right. And at the end of the day, we, we had gotten our asses handed to us and learned yeah. a valuable, a very hard lesson. People died that day, you know, and, and that's a shitty, uh, real shitty feeling, you know, um, when you, you know, sometimes even in your own mind, when you get a little bit bigger than, than, than you are, you know, and it's not that you do it on purpose, you know, right. you're, you're there to do it. Kind, kind of human. Yeah. Yeah, but I think a lot of times people watch these movies. You know, they see these movies and I, you know, I don't mean any ill will against any of them. They're really uh, entertaining. But they're certainly not reality. And right. I, I can tell you that firsthand. So if someone that's listening to this, if they're, you know, if their motivation for joining is because they watched the movie, you know, on some level, that's fine. I mean, if that's what gets you through the end of the day, who am I to judge what your why is? But I'm also here to tell you that the movies don't give you the full depth of everything. I mean, they're not going to, there's no way to encompass the emotion, you know, good and bad. But also, it's just, it seems real superficial and it's very inaccurate, you know, and it's hard, it's really hard to get someone that hasn't experienced some of these things, that hasn't been through the training, to really grab a hold of that and and understand that that, it's just not even close to how things are in the real world. Right, yeah. You know, and, and so when I think about what, kind of information that I would like to, you know, impart or what helped me through the way. Um, it's definitely the basics that you laid before me, you know, and it's the things that I'll even let you go ahead and tell them. I'm not even going to prep you, but go ahead and tell, let them hear it from you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to validate that it's the same thing that you were telling me back in 1997. Yeah. I mean, all of, you know, that mental toughness stuff, you know, all of, all of the aspects that go into this, that you hear that these guys hear all the time. They're on all the different podcasts now and stuff like that, that, that I've produced and that, but like, um, you know, visualization, you know, you don't, you don't do crap without visualizing. I mean, look at skydiving. When you go skydiving, which guys end up getting injured or even dying skydiving? This is the guy that's got one or two jumps or the guy that's got 7,000 jumps. It's a guy that has 7,000 jumps because they're complacent. Same thing happens in combat or training anywhere like that. If you get too complacent, Cocky, cocky, get you killed, and so does complacency. And so, you know, you visualize what you're doing. And when you're a brand new guy, when you go skydiving, you're up in that aircraft, and they're like, 10 minutes, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, 10 minutes, we're going to jump, you know, and so you're a brand new guy, you stand up, and you're hitting, you must have touched, you know, all of your uh, connection points at least 20 times to make sure all your connectors are tight. And then you're, you know, you're, you're doing the motions of, 
you know, waving off, you know, arch, look, reach, pull. Arch, look, reach, pull. Here's my reserve. And then, oh, let me check my straps again. Let me check my buckles to make sure they're tight again. What are the other guys doing? They're up there just jaw jacking like, dude, hey, man, we'll get down to the ground. Let's go have a beer. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not doing the same thing. So visualization is crucial at all times, actually. But complacency, you got to watch out for that, too, because you never want to get too complacent with it. So uh, visualization is huge. Self-talk, you got to talk yourself through this stuff, too. You can't be the man that you want to be or the woman that you want to be if you're not following these steps. Self-talk, you know, and uh, telling yourself, I can do this. It's like I hear so many guys. I, I'll get 10 guys and I'll say, what program do you want to do? Of course, yeah, I want to be the tip of the spirit. Yeah, I want to be a seal. They don't look at the other programs, and they're all just as good. They're all great. Diver, SWIC, and the Navy I'm talking about. For Diver, SWIC, EOD, or Rescue, they're all phenomenal programs. They're all professional, and they all have a special job to do. And these guys are too close-minded to take a look at these other special jobs. All these points of performance will work for each and every one of these jobs, especially like when you get in Diver and EOD. Right away, they're going to kick you out. After boot camp, you go to selection, and you have to follow simple pro uh, procedures. Now, we're going to teach you those simple procedures, mass clearing, snorkel clearing, treading water, and all this type of stuff. But in order to make it through there, you got to go through these steps. So visualization. Visualize yourself doing it enough. If you visualize yourself doing it enough times, when you actually have to do it, it's going to be Absolutely. more reality-based. Your body actually thinks that you've actually done it. Mm -hmm. And so when you're going on patrol, you, you do not go on patrol without having the repetition of a thousand times going over what's your... What's your area of, of uh, you know, what yeah, area are you going to go? Yeah. What's your AO? I mean, what, when are you going to go? Are you going to go right? Are you going to go left? Which way, which way are you facing with your weapon? You know, if uh, they say contact right, what do you do? If your weapon's pointing left and they say contact right, how do you swing your weapon over? Basic stuff like that. Who's in front of you? Who's behind you? You know, if you're peeling away, if you're trying to break contact, how do you do it? Where are you going to go? All this stuff takes months and months and sometimes years of training absolutely. to get down absolutely but it all starts right here where they are right now they need to listen they need to apply themselves so again visualization self-talk and goal setting absolutely some of these guys there's a lot of guys out here that don't work out all the time they don't run every you don't not that you have to run every day but they're not running you know on a schedule they're not swimming on a schedule they're not working if out they're on a wanting schedule. to make it into the seal program or any of you know any of the armed force you know more um specialized groups they need i'm there's no way around it i mean if they're not pt in every day now i mean they're I, I'll, i'm here to tell you you're most likely going to fail oh absolutely I mean, you um and you know two two of the most profound pieces of of you know wisdom that you had imparted on me was in fact the visualization and the self-talk because the things that we tell ourselves have a much more enduring impact than, than anything else anyone else. So whether that's you, you know, pepping yourself up that, yes, I can, yes, I can. And you may be scared to death, you know. Oh, yeah. A lot, most of the time when I'm doing self-talk, it's when I'm absolutely petrified yep. or fearful or doubtful, worried. And it's like, man, you can, you know, talking, you can do this, you can do yeah. this, you can do this. And even if it's just psyching yourself up, but guess what? You'll do it. Yeah. You know, but also the visualization, like you said, you know, like um, when we would be going from point A to point B and, you know, I spent time on ship. Well, you know, they're, the ships are only so big, so it's not like we have all the resources in the world to practice, um, you know, room entry and stuff like that. So we would do what they call chalk drills. We'd get on the flight deck and you would draw out draw the out. length of a room. And, you know, yeah. there's no walls. There's none of that. But you yep. would just go through. And then you would lay when you're prepping and you would think about these things. Um, the visualization and, you know, in the context of your listeners, you 
should and need to be able to see yourself passing through buds. If you cannot visualize the end state, you know, other yeah. than just wearing the, the trident of the Budweiser, if you can't physically see yourself enduring that stuff, you're not going to make it. Because oh, if you can't see the big, you, you have to. And you have to be able to talk to yourself. So if you're already one of those people where you get up in the morning, and we all have negative thoughts where I want to sleep in, I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> well, who feels like getting up? But you have to be able to talk yourself past your emotions. Don't be controlled by your emotions. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. And that's why most guys quit is because they're controlled by their emotions. Listen, they're they're cold and wet and sandy and tired as hell. And they start telling them. I remember the one day I had a negative thought like that going through buds, and a lot of people probably listen and go, "Oh, I'm sure you had more than that." Well, yeah, I was married. I had a lot of negative thoughts. Oh man, I gotta go over that woman tonight. No, you know. Yeah, all, absolutely. All joking sure. aside, that was my ex-wife. All joking aside, you know, I was sitting there in the surf zone, and I'm like. Say, I said to myself, ooh, this is cold. And I'm like, whoa, don't think of that. Don't think of that. Think about technique. Think about what are we doing. Make it to the next activity. Just if I got a heartbeat, I can stay. As long as I got a heartbeat, I'm going to stay there and I'm going to keep on going. No matter how cold it gets, how bad it gets. And believe me, guys, this is nothing. They're training for combat. If you can't do it here, there's no way in hell you're going to do it in the real world when you have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. The military can't afford to have guys sit there and go out, go out on the front line. And you can't just... Put your hand up and go, hey, training time out. Somebody's shooting at you. You can't go, whoa, whoa, whoa stop shooting. Yeah. I need a break. Yeah, you can't oh. call for time out or redo. Yeah, yeah. you can't. You definitely can't. But, do you know, I, I encourage your listeners, you know, because there's going to be a couple of them out there that actually are getting what we're talking about. I mean, yeah. they're going to be, those are the kids yeah. that are going to make it. But really establish your why. Why, whatever your why is for why you want to do what you're doing. I mean, if you, if, if you, if this makes sense to you, you're on the right track. If you're listening to this and you're like, what's this guy talking about? That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. You know, get into the, you know, the, the gory nuts and bolts of everything. Look, all that's irrelevant. If you <laughs> yeah. can't really, if you can't sit down by yourself and think about, you know, maybe write it down. If you can't answer that simple question, why you want to be a Navy SEAL or, or why you want to do uh, any of the other, you know, whether you're going to be a Navy diver, SWIC, any of that stuff. If you can't answer that simple question, you're not going to, if you can't answer it now, you won't be able to answer it later. And when you can't answer it later is when the shit hits the fan and you're tired and you're lonely and you're angry. You have to have that why to hold on to. And if you don't have it, it's just not going to suddenly arrive. It's not going to be there. Okay. So I encourage you to, to really think about that first and foremost. That's right. Thank you. And the last one too, out of the big four like that for mental toughness was arousal control. Mm -hmm. And that's huge because that's something that you run into all the time. I mean, you guys see it in high school and stuff too, or in college where you're going out for a sport, you have a competition, and you get, you know, all, my son did it. It drove me nuts when he'd sit there and he'd come home, and he's got a football game, and I'm like, how are you guys going to do? Oh, we're going to get our asses whooped. I go, what do you mean? Oh, they're the best in uh, region or whatever it is. So what? All you got to do, if you, if you take that out of the equation and you don't think of that and you apply it to yourself, and whatever your position is, you attack that other team by using the best technique that you know how, you have a chance to win. But with that attitude, it's a guaranteed loss. I would love to be able to go to Vegas and make bets on games like that after talking to players. And, you know, it's, it's almost a guarantee. If they all have negative attitudes like that, dude, go bet all your money you can against them because they're going to lose. Absolutely. And so arousal control is a breathing technique where you inhale through your nose nice and slowly for about four seconds and then hold it for four, and then exhale for four, and repeat it four times, and that will relax you. It 
definitely does. Absolutely, it does. Especially, you know, just thinking about that piece of advice from a real, you know, um, in, in combat. You know, I can, I can, I can recall numerous times where um, when I wasn't focused on my breathing, and the, and the task at hand got pretty squirrely. I, I can remember recalling, you know, my breathing just being so out of control, and my hands are shaking. You know, and so my, my shots are off, you know, and then this having to like refocus, talk to yourself, breathe, yeah. you know, I'd be like, breathe, Ken, breathe. And then I'd, you know, apply it and then you get back in the zone. But yeah, if your emotions are out of, your heart rate's going to go through the roof and everything yep. else will suffer. Yeah, absolutely. And all these things are going to apply when you guys get the training in that too. So, I mean, we could talk till we're blue in the face, mm -hmm. you know, and the reason that we talk so much about all this stuff is because hopefully one little thing that... We, one of us says will stick and that one little thing might be the reason that you make it through training. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I agree. all these stats that they have about, whoa, this guy came from Kentucky and this guy came from San Diego. The only difference between somebody in the Midwest and somebody in the coast like Florida or California or Hawaii is that they do have access to the ocean to swim in. They do have access to the beaches to run on and nicer weather a lot of times. And really that's the only benefit. But at the end of the day, I don't think it makes that big of a difference because you and I worked at a, in a lake. It was a yeah. lake in the in Midwest, and it yeah. ran on the streets. Yeah. You know, so uh, if you have, you know, you can have all the tools in the world, but if you're not really invested in doing it, it don't really matter where you're at. You know, or if right. you don't have as many, but you really want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. That's right. And that goes back to how much working out are these guys doing? There's a lot of guys, and we see, I see, I observe. I'm not a knucklehead. This is my job, and all you guys that are out there that are doing it half asked halfway you're not working out every day like you should and i don't mean working out six hours a day eight hours a day that's that kicking the groins you don't have to train you don't have to do that now you, you know if you want stand up against the wall i'll give you a kick in the nuts yeah but you don't need that right now we're trying to build a foundation work out smarter not harder work out the right way develop that foundation if you have the right foundation you'll be able to handle anything that they throw at you. Well, and you bring up an excellent point, Chief. A minute ago, you, you mentioned goal setting. And I think that, you know, when, when we tell people, like, hey, you need to be out there PTing, they look at it as if you're just wanting to torture them. You know, like it's some rite of passage. And I think they're yeah. missing the uh, – they're missing, the, they're missing what's really relevant is that you need to set those physical goals for yourself and then go out and work for them. That way you're starting to condition yourself that you can make your goals. And every time you meet a goal that you've set before you, it gives you more confidence. So that's why it's setting those goals and not just setting a goal for the, the, the sake of setting a goal, but setting a goal and actually setting forth to make that goal happen. That makes a huge difference. It gives you that confidence that when you put something before you, hard work will pay off. Oh, yeah. So their, their workouts should be like, hey, I want to improve my run time or I want to improve my swim time. And I'm out there PTing to make my goal. Not just to be out there Absolutely. running or yeah. you can PT all day long, but if you don't have a direction or a goal, I yeah. just don't think it's going to help you as much. You're absolutely right on that one. Yeah, and you have to have, a, the again, the why. You know, why are you doing a particular workout? There's so many workouts out there and programs and stuff like that, but if you ask folks that are doing them, why are you doing this one? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. They can't give you an answer absolutely. on that type of stuff. So don't spin your wheels and waste your time. You don't have oh, – I'm – I'm going to work out for four hours a day. Why? I used to work out for two to four hours a day because I loved it. Absolutely. But it's kind of counterproductive as far as my life goes and that. So now I knocked it down to 45 minutes to an hour, and I get the same intensity out of it. Absolutely. So you have to know the why on anything that you're going to do like this. and set, you got to set those goals. Don't just sit here and go, well, I'm shipping in eight months. So I'm just going to work out, not think about it. 
for eight months. No, you need to have short goals. You should have daily goals, weekly goals, mm-hmm. monthly goals. And if you don't do that, you're definitely not going to make it through yeah. these programs. And don't buy into this. I need to, uh, you know, I'm shipping in a few weeks or after the summer. I just want to take my, I just want to take it easy. Ooh, Look, either you're going to engage in, 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 in um, self-improvement or you're going to engage in self-destruction. That's right. So which one's more important? Is it out going to party with your buddies or, you know, getting laid or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff? Or is it, you know, hey, I'm going to be out at the pool or, or whatever it is. Whatever you need to do to get yourself prepared, what is more important to you? You can tell me whatever you want, or you can tell Chief whatever you want all day long, but your actions are going to speak for you. Okay, what you're doing when he's not standing in front of you, timing you or grading you, who's that person that's out there doing it when no one else is looking? That's the person that's going to do a lot better. Absolutely. And you have to be self-driven too. Mm -hmm. Um, You should go in, if you're going to do a workout, just like we always do in the military, if we're, say we're diving, we plan our dive and dive our plan. Yep. Same thing when you're doing a workout. Plan your workout and then work out your plan. You have to. And then go home. Mm-hmm. Have a good meal. Go to a movie. Do something else. Yeah, reward yourself. You yeah. did good. You know, but, yeah. but, but put the plan in front of you before you actually get started. Don't do it on the fly because then you'll never know if you actually execute the entire plan. You know, like if you say, hey, I'm just going to go PT today. Well, maybe you run a quarter of a mile when your goal should have been two miles or whatever yeah. it is, you know, so if you don't have that goal in front of you, then you're not actually achieving anything. Right. So in other words, you don't go, it's like, I'm going to run four miles today. It's my long run, long distance, nice and slow and easy. I'm going to run four miles. And then you get out there and you're running and you're like, you know, I really don't feel that good today. You know what? I think this is just going to be my short sprint day and I'm going to turn around and sprint back. Absolutely. Or, oh, I've had this a million times. You're sitting there and you're all your friends and stuff. I did it in SEAL teams. I worked out every day and never missed a day of working out for not even my girlfriend, my SEAL buddies, nobody. When I was, you know, like back at uh, Team 2, they'd sit there um, and they go, hey, man, it's Thursday night, you know, big party night, let's go out. So I'm like, cool, where are we going? Oh, we're going to, you know, standard bar over here. Great, I'll see you when we get there. Well, we're going right now. I'm like, I can't, I haven't worked out yet. Oh, well, you can miss it. What do some guys do? Well, you know, let's do that then. I'll switch up my day today. Today will be my, I'll plan this. Today's my day off. Yep. No, dude, today was my workout. Actually, I never really took a day off. I just did something different so I could relax and recover the muscles that I used But that was previously. your plan. That was that my was plan. That was your plan, absolutely. That was my plan. And people, it drove them nuts because I would not, you know, miss a workout to be able to go out absolutely. and stuff like that. Everything came second to that, and that's how it has to be. Oh, yeah. Everything. And you, know, and you know what? Actually, I have a pair of cowboy boots that I refurbished or resold five different times because... I you know go out get a cab I get a cab and I go out to the go out to the bar and we do our thing and stuff and then you know it was always like a half hour to wait for a cab to try to get back to back to the barracks so I'd run you know it's five and a half six miles so I ran back it also sobered me up you know so yeah that's a good way never to look at never it. got never got in trouble for uh, drunk running that's good that's, that's a good, a good point. point but the, the question beyond that is did you show up for your workouts the next day. Absolutely. Never okay. missed them. Great. Never missed them. And that's the thing too, you know, and, 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 I, and I'd be lying if I, I didn't say that. There are some days when I get in the gym or get on a run and I'm like, oh man, I just feel like I don't feel great today. Yeah. But you know what? I already had my goal set and I'm not going to quit on myself. And then when, after I got through it, you know what? It may have still sucked and it wasn't my favorite workout that day. But at the end of the day, I knew that I still set my goal and did it. And it may have not been as pleasurable as other days when I'm a little bit more into it. But by golly, I didn't quit. But it'd be also, I've had those workouts too where 
you get in there and you're like, yeah, I really don't feel like doing anything today. But then once you get going, all yeah. of a sudden you just feel like, well, hey, this is good. Then it's hard to leave. And then it's hard to leave, you know. So we have all that. So, I mean, we'll cut this short now. I mean, we basically covered some very good points and, and that with these guys. And, you know, we just want to throw some different podcasts out there with different folks and stuff that have been around. And uh, if you wouldn't mind if you wanted to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Like talk a little bit more about your military activity. You know, as much of that as you'd want, you know. Sure, I think that I would love to do that. I look forward to the opportunity to maybe um, give you guys maybe like a behind-the-scenes look at some of the things that, um, you know, at least from my perspective, I don't think that they really talk about too much. You know, it's, yeah. you know, that I think that would be really relevant. Or, you know, just in general, life in the military. Sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, these guys, it's funny. Um, I get like 1% of 1% of 1% that will ask me anything beyond training. Mm. You know? Yeah, there's a lot beyond training. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's life like on a daily basis and stuff like that? Heck, when I was in, nobody even knew I was in the military. Absolutely. You yeah. Know? You know, maybe I'll tell you some great duty stations out there that you... Oh, yeah. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll tell sea stories yeah. and do that. Cool. But Thanks all right, me, Chief. Thanks a lot, Ken. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys take it easy, and we'll be seeing you on the next podcast. Booyah. C-130 rolling down the C-130 rolling down the strip. Airborne Froggy's gonna take a little trip. Airborne Froggy's gonna take a little trip.